Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Without Context podcast. Uh, I am Decca, joined by Sharky Hat and Anxiety Lasagna. With the, 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 the upside down L on her head. I just made that connection right now. That's great. Did you not realize that Waluigi's symbol is an upside down backwards L? No, it's it's anxiety lasagna tonight. That's what it stands for today. Lasagna. Yeah. It's L for lasagna. <laughs> Hell for lasagna. yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Me who's uh, actively taking the L today. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, so... Today, we are talking about the D&D movie. Uh, the D&D movie came out, what, like three-ish weeks ago at this point? Four? Uh, maybe a whole month? March 31st, friends. Two months. Yeah, in a little, what little bit is time? two months ago. We're kind of late on this review, but we're waiting for everybody to see it first before we started talking about it. Mm -hmm. And that fits just the whole D&D planning thing where oh, yeah. it came out, but a few months later, we finally have the session. So... Isn't that like, wasn't that the story of the D&D movie to begin with? Is like it had, it, they were experiencing delays and I was like, ah, it is a D&D movie. No, the D&D movie was uh, the rogue didn't check for the traps and it sets the whole plot off. But I was going to say, you're asking the wrong bitch. <laughs> yeah, we're, I was like, oh, neat, a D&D movie. And then I went and saw it. Yeah, and we're going to get into it. But what I liked most about this movie was the fact that I think anybody can go see it, not just D&D players. Mm -hmm. Like, this movie is just a good fantasy movie, just in a D&D eggshell. And it's like, yeah. you don't have to know a lot to appreciate this movie, I would say. Like, this movie is just a very fun, like, classic adventure movie. And it's a heist. Like, it's a heist movie at the core of it. It's like, it's kind of like the reverse, like... I, I know I'm going to get shit here from, like, the Tolkien fans, but it's, like, the reverse of, like, Lord of the Rings, where, like, you can watch Lord of the Rings and get inspiration from, like, your, for your D&D game. But then you watch this, and it's like, this is my D&D game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I really you, like this You watch movie. Lord of the Rings, and you're like, oh, yeah, this this is this is how my D&D gaming goes. And then you watch the D&D movie, and it's like, nope, this is it. Yeah, I, was, I like this movie. I like this movie a lot. Mm -hmm. Um... I had doubts because I remember seeing the original one and I was like, I just don't know if people can make a movie without it being overloaded with jokes. But something that uh, I liked about this was it had comedy that wasn't like a Marvel movie comedy. I, I gotta I gotta ask when you say the original D&D, the original D&D movie, yes, are you talking about the one with Vin Diesel? No, the one with the fucking Wayne's brother. Oh, Okay. I was like, I was like, there's, there's, there was one with Vin Diesel. And I cannot recall the name of it off the top of my head. It, I was, think it was D and D. I'm, I have a, I have the Wikipedia page open. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was D and D, and then there the was the Last Witch Hunter. The Last Witch Hunter was ah. not a D and D thing. They made it a D and D thing to promote the movie. I this see. forgotten action movie is about Vin Diesel's Dungeons and Dragons character in The yes. Last Witch Hunter. Uh, Star of the Fast and Furious Saga finally shines a spotlight on his true love, his original D&D &D character, Calder. If there's I anything, love that, Vin Diesel is nothing if not self-indulgent on his, his works. That, that, that's definitely a good for him situation there. Like, it's good like, for him. It's like the Chronicles of Riddick movies. Like, that's just Vin Diesel being like, I love this character. I would play this character in a D&D game, so I'm going to make movies about him. It's probably the same thing with, like, um, 
with his his other properties, uh, like the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. He just a, loves playing Dominic Toretto. Just keeps doing it. Way off topic, but there was a, a Twitter thread. Uh, what point did the Fast and Furious series like finally lose you? And it was uh, the scene with Vin Diesel and Jason Statham like facing off against each other, and they both have contracts saying they cannot lose a fight in the series. So you have these two people who can't lose fights. Jason Statham stomps the street, and it like collapses into the sewer to end the fight. So they don't have to get a definitive winner, and it's like... I dropped out of this movie when he became an earthbender. (laughs) (laughs) I've only ever seen Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. And the only thing I know about it is the vaguely racist theme song. (laughs) That's fair. I watched Tokyo Tokyo Drift in high school. That's how old I am. Let's get back to (laughs) D&D. You know what? That's also like a D&D thing. It's yes, it's F and F. We're going to go back to (laughs) D&D. Um, I will say I was immediately drawn into the film the second they dropped that an NPC character's name was Jarnathan. I was about to say the bird, the the practical effect, the practical effect, Eric Okra named Jarnathan, who is a great, this is a great entry point to a movie too. just here's a little bit of exposition as I'm buying time. And then here's our clever escape using this pro roll board member that can fly my favorite thing about about jarnathan when you look him up he's in the forgotten realms wiki (laughs) it's just the picture of jarnathan like from the movie i would die for that bird he's the coolest (laughs) he's it was great i was like i love the effects on the characters just the practical aarakocra the practical dragonborn the practical Mm -hmm. yuan it was just fantastic there was a How did we? He's one in one of the jail cells that goes past him. How did I miss that? Fake <laughs> person. Yeah. How did I, we I feel? Know. I, I played Tomb of Annihilation. I am intimately I, I, I aware of it. You want? Uh huh. Um. What? How did we feel about like in general the casting? I think they were pretty well casted, and I think the writing mm-hmm. really helps uh, these characters a lot. We're, it's not a long movie by any means, um, mm-hmm. but we're given time with each of these characters to like really develop them. And it's not like, oh, their character is their jokes or personality. It's like, no, these are characters that actually have like a stake in this world. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the cast blew it away. I loved uh, Chris as Edgin. I loved Michelle as Holga. Like, I love that duo not being forced as a love interest either. Like, they're just friends. That are just there to help each other. And it was really cool seeing that dynamic, like not squandered by trying to force like a love story or something. I like I liked them. I, I like them too. Um, but I like uh I like that when you Google uh Michelle Rodriguez D D, it's like, has Michelle Rodriguez played D D? <laughs> yes, they did. Uh the cast played a bunch of uh D D behind the scenes when they were filming. Mm-hmm. So that's that's actually pretty cool. I didn't know that. The guy who plays Simon is a huge Dimension Twenty fan. Yeah, apparently. I, I did hear about that. Um, that he he uh, that he watches Justice like the shows. Smith. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Justice Smith. You know Ryan Reynolds' son from Detective Pikachu. So. <laughs> I need to see that movie. Detective Pikachu is good. You might you'll like. It. Um, I I do I like that the the barbarian stand-in was like not 
not a grog, muscly, big, burly person. It was just, you know, a really angry Latina. The surrogate mother to, you know, her friend's kid, like a very fleshed out barbarian, too. Mm -hmm. You would expect this, like, oh, barbarian characters have always had, like, this kind of relatively simple backstory. But all these characters were very complex. I really... To be fair, that is, like, a knock against the D&D movie. All of all those backstories are way too good. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody put time into their backstory, and the DM fit it mm -hmm. all into the campaign. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I like, so, I like uh, Sophia Loomis as uh, Doric. I like the whole Owlbear mm -hmm. transformation. I know people were pissy about it for blah blah rules reasons, but... My rules. My immersion. I think somebody pointed it out. There was the whole segment of just the back-to-back, -back, like, wild shaping. There was seven, because I counted them, because I was <laughs> like, not not to be like, um, actually, you can only wild shape. I was just like, that's a lot of wild shapes. Let's count. And I counted seven, which I was like, it was cool. Why would I be mad that they did a cool, fun it, thing in a also, cool, fun movie? <laughs> it's mm -hmm. also realistic to that setting. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, I can only do this so many times. You know, it's like, oh, I'm a druid. This is a thing that I can do. And I'm going to do it the way as as me as a DM, the way I would start doing that is if I saw that my druid has like, oh, we'll use the example of like my druid likes to turn into an owlbear, whatever rules, you know, situation aside, like I would start I would start flavoring like even regular attacks of like, oh, yeah, you you know, you grow your owlbear claws for a second. You swipe at them. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to think too hard about it. Uh, rounding out the cast from our, our, our druid, our barbarian, our bard in Edgen, and our wild magic sorcerer in Simon, we have the enemy turn the friend turned enemy and Hugh Grant playing a great villain. This movie. Let's say, how did we feel about Hugh Grant as the heel? I loved incredible. Hugh Grant. He was just incredible. He's such like. Because he's not the he's main such villain. He's a shithead. He's the such a shithead, and I he's, loved it. He's perfect because he's the kind of villain who thinks he's in charge, but mm -hmm. he's not in charge. He's like, he's just that one who's getting all of the wealth and everything from it, but it's like, no, there's plans within plans, and mm -hmm. things are going on. And then we oh. get the other character. I was going to say, before we move on, we are going to have spoilers for this movie, so, you know... Yeah, there was a bunch of spoilers here. Uh, this, is, this is your spoiler warning before we finish getting through the before we finish getting through the cast. There are a few more characters, but the one that stole the show, and I hate that he was only in this movie for a little while. Bradley Cooper Chad. is the ex-husband. <laughs> that too. <laughs> no, uh, I knew you were gonna do. I knew you were gonna Zink. do the guy from Bridgerton. Yeah, I I can't pronounce his name. How do, do you know how to pronounce the name? Not off the top of my head. If it is French, is it, is it Rene? Is it like a weird way to spell Rene? Like Rene Jean Paul or whatever? Or Paul Jean, right. whatever his name is. Jean. Okay. I'm clicking. He's, si he's Simon from Bridgerton. How to do it. And he plays Zink, who is a paladin. And he is the mm -hmm. most paladin paladin to ever paladin. Um, Rene Jean, Jean Page? Rene Jean. Yeah, I'm not sure R how you do the first I think part it's, of I think name. it's Rene, thinking about it now. Yeah, Rajay yeah, Jean Page. He stole the fucking show for mm -hmm. me. Like, I loved when he walked over the top of the rock. 
Bruh. And just kept going. There's a bunch of, there's a few of us here that may be on the spectrum and we appreciated that moment because I also <laughs> would not walk around that rock. I would go right over it. If I if was, walk if it. I was Zank, I wouldn't walk around the rock. Oh. Uh, he is definitely like, oh shit, one of my party members can't be here. Here's the DM character to help mm -hmm. them like through the next part. The the DMPC classic. And he's such a funny character too. Like just him and him and Chris just play so well off of each other as these characters. I loved it. I loved that character. I loved this the whole dynamic with him in the group. Did we I feel like? Go ahead. Oh, I, I was. Gonna say, I will say, like, as someone like I've played D and D pretty consistently since like 2018, mm -hmm. and only like one one and a half campaigns so far in like the Forgotten Realms. As far as I know, like I couldn't tell you if like Tomb mm -hmm. of Annihilation or Curse of Strahd are technically Forgotten Realms or something. Uh, I still had a great time, even though they're like the red mages of whatever i'm like i don't know who the hell those people are the but i'm having a great day yeah i don't know but like i, I there know. was definitely a part when when spoilers towards the end that lich lady cast finger of death and i whispered out like really loud, i was like oh, that's finger of death like <laughs> i knew a little bit what was going on but had no idea a lot of the forgotten realms lore and still had the, a really fantastic the, time the red wizards of they aren't like they haven't been used a whole heck of a lot in 5e. They were referenced a little bit in Tomb of Annihilation, actually. They I think. are uh, they are the they're in some of the adventures in uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal. Uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, they're but... just like they're they're not they're not major antagonists yet. yet. I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. It was uh, because it was... if there's one thing that Wizards likes to do, it's recycle content. Yeah, it was cool seeing Icewind Dale as like a setting and the prison. Mm -hmm. that the prison that I know makes an appearance in the adventure. So I was yep. like, cool. We're actually getting like all the adventure stuff like put into these movies. I like that they mentioned Waterdeep because like Water I have a Deep. character that's in Waterdeep right now because we did Dragon Heist. Now we're doing Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yeah. So they're like over in Waterdeep. And I was like, I've been there. <laughs> um, yeah. So that gets us to our last main character here. Uh, uh, Safina, who is a red wizard. Uh, that's kind well, of the lich, bitch. The, lich, the lich bitch who has plans behind Forge's back. Mm -hmm. And. Oh, God, probably has one of the most satisfying deaths in this whole fucking movie. <laughs> if I'm being honest, it did give me it gave me Loki the vibes. Hulk with Loki. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really I was like, did. I'm having a little bit of 2010 PTSD as a Loki stand. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. The cast is great, and the story is just relatively simple, too. It's a heist movie. It's, mm -hmm. we're going to get out of jail, we're going to get back to our family, oh, I need to go get the thing to bring my dead wife back, and then the whole adventure is the friends we make along the way. And As a D&D game should go. And then it's, okay, we're going to be big heroes and go back towards the death to save the city. And, yeah, I mean, this movie flew by. Like it was just fast. It was like we're in Icewind Dale, we're back in uh, Neverwinter. No, now we're over here in the Underdark, which was fucking insane to see in a movie. And in the Underdark, we get the Chunky Boy. 
undertone. This is going to be an extremely unpopular opinion that's about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> All right, everyone brace yourselves. About, I don't give a fuck about that fat dragon. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I'm sorry to my friend Ashley who went and saw this movie with me, who is fuck like love her to death. She's fucking obsessed with that dragon, and I'm just like. Do you know the story of that dragon? <laughs> Him <laughs> life so sad. Uh, Thembershad. Yeah, there was like some Thembershod. like fucked up society under there that like uses red dragons to like power their tech. That dragon has never seen daylight and now is too fat to do so. And I'm like, the only thing I feel bad about for this, like, I feel bad for him. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh my gosh, what a sweet little chonky boy. I'm like, no, justice upon your oppressors. I know we're not supposed to like chromatic dragons, but. Eh. Also, the implication. I don't, get it. I don't get the appeal. The implication that they blew that cave up and came out on the ocean means that they're flooding the Underdark and that dragon probably drowned. <laughs> like. <laughs> They're is whole... there enough ocean to flood the entire Underdark? No, but it's definitely probably going to lead to some ecological disaster you know, somewhere like, down there's, the, there's line. A, the ecological implications. <laughs> I'm, that's my next. That's my next uh, Forgotten <laughs> Realms campaign setting. The drought that comes from after the D and D movie. Was it the ocean that they're in, or was it a lake? I think it, it might have been a, a lake or something. But I know they it was, then they came out on the shoreline where we got the oh, whole, yeah, the whole yeah. beach scene, and Zinc walks over a rock because he's too good to go yes. around it i loved how they made like handled attuning to a web like attuning to something yes that I really was like so that. fucking cool not just because i adore simon i didn't bring my i have a funko pop of him i broke my no buying funko pops rules <laughs> to get a simon funko pop but i loved that sort of like it can reject the attunement if you're not attuning to it right. And I was like, there are some people in my life who are going to use this against me at some point. You're I goddamn like... right. Yeah, it's cool because uh, the word of God says, is that the person he's talking to when attuning to that is his ancestor, like grandpa, his yeah. ancestor, Elminster, who Elminster is a very classic D&D character from the Forgotten Realms. So it's like, okay, cool. We're actually tying in like legendary characters from the setting into this game, too. Yeah, um, I guess Zas Tam is someone that I should have known, too. But I was like, I'm sorry, I'm an Exandria girly, not whatever this official release nonsense is. So Ed Greenwood is rolling in his grave. Ed but he's still alive. I don't know who that man is, but fuck Ed Greenwood loved this movie. Like, oh, that's great! Hey, that's, Good for him. That's all the review I needed. And yeah, everyone loved was, it. And some people were like, "How do you feel like they're not using like your characters or anything?" And it's like, "Bro, I made this world. There's more than like one set of characters in it. Like they're using their own characters in my world in a movie. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to feel? This is awesome." <laughs> like, mm -hmm. but he, yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna see this multiple times." So, I will say, I did want to see as soon as the movie was over. I was like, I could watch this movie again immediately. Yes. Which I think is probably the highest form of praise you can give a movie is as soon as you finished it, you wanted to watch it I again. I wanted to watch it again. And it's like, I think now it's on streaming finally. So we probably it's on, can. But you have, to, you have to pay money for it. It's not like you, you can't just have Prime and watch it. That's fair. Uh, I learned that the hard way. They did say that this is part of what they want to kind of do with a shared universe they want to make a show in the same vein as this set in like the same universe 
uh as the mm. as the movie not like just a tv show set in never uh never winter but the same never winter as movies. the movie uh so okay. it's like the tv show could be like oh we can reference the movie because it's the same general the same world, universe yeah. and uh they they wanted that to be their running plan with D D now as an entertainment uh medium that's interesting um i have thoughts about that especially if it's going to be straight movies i think no it's I a show it's a tv it's a show, show. Okay, never mind. I'm going to... So, my thoughts go like this. Uh, so... I think D&D shows, or a D&D movie, or anything based off the Forgotten Realms is better served as a movie than than a streamed, the streamed show or, like, a TV, a TV series. Yeah. Um, so, Hasbro has been wanting to do, like, a D&D, like, movie or and me, uh, visual medium, like, entertainment for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said that a spinoff TV show is in development. It is going to be eight uh, episode, eight episodes. Uh, it's going to uh, be their quote unquote flagship and cornerstone for th- the world. As like more movies come out, it'll be built off of the show. They really saw Legends of Vox Machina. <laughs> they really, hey. I want that. D and D took D and D took the Marvel approach. And it's like we're going to make a show and then we're going to make movies. I. I don't like that because no, then you have to no have has the other subscription going. service. It's doing the Marvel and now Star Wars thing, where instead of being able mm-hmm. to so just go to show, the theater, to get all the I gotta everything. watch Agents of Shield and Loki and WandaVision and Andor and all this other stuff. And you can look back at a previous episode of Without Context for my thought on saturation of media markets, but just. Pick one. You don't have to do everything. It's, Make a movie series. Jesus Christ. It's more, I feel like waiting is half the fun. Mm-hmm. But I guess in these times of instant gratification, you have to constantly be chugging out content. All I'm gonna say the, youngest per- say. the youngest person here talking. All I'm going to say is thank God Netflix didn't get the show because it'd be canceled after one season. So, oh, Jesus. yeah, for sure. That's the thing. They put out whatever new fan. I didn't even like I don't even know what the name is because they put out a fantasy show. It got like mm-hmm. rave reviews. It's like 85 percent on Rotten Tomatoes and they're like canceled after one season. Goodbye, bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> is Netflix just where you go now to just have your show? And yet we got a season two like, of Emily in Paris. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that show, but it affects Haley like, apparently. <laughs> multiple multiple fucking. Well, no, I don't I don't know what this series is. I genuinely don't know. I just, I just hate Emily. <laughs> I, just, I don't know what it is. All those but fuck kissing it. booth movies, like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Netflix. they got a lot of movies that were based on like young adult like Wattpad novels. novels. No, yeah. like not even that. Just is it Wattpad or Wattpad? I don't know. No, I, 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 I'm gasping because I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, no, there are multiple <laughs> Wattpad no, the thing is, novels. So many. I, oh my just god, we, I could I've do an episode told, of the podcast always, just talking about fan fiction I've, making the brooch and like the like I've been to- I'm gonna say here, not I've been subtle told- breach into modern media and like the mainstream media and my thoughts on that. Oh god. I've been told that it's called Wattpad. But I'm Wattpad? seeing that I'm seeing that word and I'm thinking Wattpad because I'm an electrician. <laughs> so I'm I'm, <laughs> if it makes you feel better, Sharky, I have only ever called it Wattpad because I I've- can read. <laughs> I dis- I descend from engineers. I'm calling it Wattpad. Wattpad. Okay. Wattpad pronunciation. <laughs> How to pronounce Wattpad? I'm googling it. Hold on, give me a second. 
What? Just, God. Uh, Wattpad. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. There's Wattpad. a few movies that. Uh, there's a few movies that came off of that website that went to Netflix about things. Um. But yeah, I hope that they do more movies with this cast in particular. I wouldn't mind new parties or new characters, but I think the chemistry between these five actors is just spot on. Like it's none, of them, you... are... none of them are particularly like gone, right? Like ha- no, Haley not has, just Haley has yeah. thoughts. <laughs> this is okay. I'm not. I know what you're all probably thinking, Haley. Aren't you a huge fan of that romance subplot between the sorcerer and the druid? And I'm gonna say. No, because look at Doric for exactly one second and tell me one thing about that person, about Doric that reads into guys. And you can't (laughs) tell me anything that says that. That like look that she shares with that person she saves when she's introduced to the movie. I'm like, that is a woman who is into women and they're going to force the issue with someone else in this party. Probably Simon, because... Like, that was the most unrealistic part about this whole thing. Name one gay in the whole movie, and there's not one. (laughs) They had a fucking tieflings who wasn't gay? Are you kidding me? You cracked the code. They're the tiefling. (laughs) Yeah, they're the tiefling. They should have been gay. (laughs) I love Simon. Adore Simon. Would die for Simon. Him and Doric, I'm just like, I could tell he was very into her. That's totally fine. The way she looked at him is the way I look at, like, dairy milk. I can't have dairy. That's a that's a that's a soundbite for the shorts. So you're right. The way that she, the the way that Doric looks at Simon is the way that I look at dairy milk. I'm lactose intolerant. But see, they also did play it off like she's not really into him either. Because at the end, he's like excited. It's like really, and she's like, don't get too excited. Like she's annoyed by him. He doesn't like Ben. (laughs) You cannot convince me. Also. If they didn't confirm the romance, it's probably it's probably a thing for it's probably a thing to put a pin in later. Or it's one of those things where the director's like, oh, yeah, she's totally gay. Didn't you notice? I'm look, we I (laughs) I'm a slut for a good romance subplot. Like there are very few pieces of media I will willingly consume that don't have romance as at least a a major subplot. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Jekka here is literally redoing old Call of the Netherdeep because I'm a slut for a romance subplot. Which I do feel bad that the audience can't see Haley's reaction in the game, but, you know, we have our reasons for why Mm -hmm. it was stopped, so. Or at least stopped being uploaded. Fuck you, Well, I'm sure it's, I'm sure at some point we'll do, like, a wrap-up, Jekka and I Mm -hmm. talking about my character and everything. Oh, absolutely. But anywho, bullshit that Doric isn't, like, I love Simon, but there's there, no, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. You're and telling like, me, it's like you're telling me a tiefling raised by elves is gonna fall for this human half <laughs> like, elf. He's half elf, isn't he? Uh, you can see is, his like pointy uh, yes. ears. He is half elf. Yes. He's half elf. Because she's like you humans, and he's like only half. And I was like, that bitch is a half elf. That I was that, that was truly the most unrealistic part. It was like only half, and you're like, no, you're not claiming that. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get first the claim of all. That. <laughs> first of all, when you say only half human, did you read what they tell you about half elves? It's like people don't like you. Elves don't like <laughs> you. 
You don't like you. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I, I don't think there was ever a moment in that movie where I was like angry about something D&D related until they were like, this tiefling is totally heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was like, I draw the line. <laughs> draw shout the line outs, here. Shout out to uh, co-host of the show. It was the, the race. The relationships in this movie were interesting because you expect as it like shows the past of Ed Gein and uh, and Holga, you think like they're going to get together, but they don't. And then you're like, you see this obviously woman loving tiefling hitting on this sorcerer. But then you also see Holga's husband, who is a halfling played by Bradley Cooper, which was good for him. Know, I did not know he was going to cameo in this movie. This scene no, that hit was me the like a shock of my life. It hit me like a left hook, and I was attached to this character. <laughs> that shit hit me like truck <laughs> He was so small, <laughs> like it's so. I what I love oh. most about Bradley Cooper's scene is that, like, she got kicked out of her like tribe of yeah. barbarians to be with him, and then reasonably when she goes to prison for being this thing he moves on with his life and he moves on with another tall muscle mommy and i'm like that's so valid <laughs> this so this halfling valid. found this halfling found a tribe of barbarians and was like i belong here <laughs> like, <laughs> I, i'm going to make a checklist <laughs> I, it's so funny I, I, because i will say i will Hobbits. say to to the to the movie uh, goers i did that first you have to fight me for that no, i'm just kidding i was gonna say hobbits oh, with the halflings, family mm -hmm. They look so weird in movies, like when you see the actual size comparison. I'm like, the I know what he's supposed to be. The dimensions feel wrong <laughs> for this character. The problem is, if you make them as short as they're supposed to be, they're going to look like toddlers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was really funny. It was like a really good moment, too, of their talk and everything. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I think it really sets up what comes back later, where it's this concept of moving on. Mm -hmm. You know, she gets her past settled out, and then later in the movie, when it comes time to choose his wife or Olga with the the, tab the talisman of resurrection, he's like, you know, she's been here with my daughter. I'm saving her. You know, it's I have to move on from what I've been trying to get. And it's I think almost like deep. It is about character growth. Yes. It's it's almost like D&D is like therapy for the people yes. who are playing it. Um, And it felt that like that was a really good... Just, it really like established her character more. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Like it's sure she's, bar she's a barbarian. She's, they've shown her as this like no-nonsense warrior. Like she destroys some fucking guards earlier in the movie. <laughs> In a really cool that fight scene. That was in like the teaser trailer. Yeah, and it was a really cool fight scene. Most of the fight scenes mm -hmm. in this movie were great. Zinx was probably the best against the uh, assassins sent after him. Mm. And I've seen behind the scenes stuff. Like he trained to do that. Like that was him doing it, which was awesome. I liked to see. when they were all like whack. They were all like given the wham bam slam the, to. Um, I got hyped. That like this would be. I was like, yeah, like most of this movie, I was like cheering. I was like, this is awesome. But then when it showed like the circle shot of the four of them fighting, I was like, this is cinema. Oh, <laughs> like, it was beautiful. It was so giving, good. It's giving that one terminal montage where all the Kirby slap. What's his name? 
No, I'm like, because I'm thinking it's like, this is D&D combat. The four mm-hmm. spots around the enemy are surrounded and they're all wailing. Did on anyone them. else find themselves going like one, two, three, four, <laughs> you, five? Honestly, if six, you count six, two. yeah, if you count six seconds, it's pretty spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it leads to a very satisfying death where they trick her into thinking the time stop work because Simon was like, I got my counter spill off. And then just, yeah, his full on Hulk and Loki at the end of Avengers one, Doric just lays out this woman. And it's like, I think she's done. She like looks at the party and then goes back to do it again. And then throws her at a building, which is, I'm like, that's awesome. I love Doric as a character. Um, the magic items, yeah, the attunement stuff was great. Like, visually, this movie was just fantastic in every way that they had to take a concept from D&D and portray it. I think they nailed it. I think the problem I'm going to have is this, this is just the culture in media nowadays is that, oh, this one was wildly successful. Gotta do another one. Gotta yes. do another one. It's, yes. No, please come up with something else. I'm begging. Somebody you can come up with another D&D movie, but just come up with something else. There was a similar thing that was on Twitter uh, about games because, you know, Tears of the Kingdom just came out. Mm-hmm. And so I pointed out, it's like what game developers are going to think they've learned from this game. And it's every game needs a crafting system like this. It's like what no. they should learn. <clears throat> keep the same team. Keep realistic goals. Keep an art style. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I what? Well, we could talk about Tears of the Kingdom a whole other day. But what I think a good takeaway is like. They made a sequel that feels like a natural progression of the previous game that doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, because they had the same it team. Doesn't, it also doesn't feel tacked on. Yeah, they had, no. they had the original Breath of the Wild team still together. They did it. They added some more stuff. But the only thing that companies are going to learn is they really like this cool crafting system we have. So now all these games are probably going oh, to have this crafting war system. War crimes against the Koroks. I hate that, but <laughs> I, that's another podcast for another I'll, day. I'll, I'll also say that like, as someone who is a Majora's Mask hater, I still like, I, I still appreciate it as a sequel. Like it's, yeah. it naturally progressed. Um, and I, I don't think you can get a sequel. out. I don't think you can get, you get a sequel out of, out of the D and D movie. How, what the way it, it went. No, like this, if this was the only movie with this party, it is a satisfying conclusion. Yeah, exactly. Every storyline is wrapped up. Forge is in jail because Zinc finds him. The mm-hmm. group's kind of together. And then the only real next thing is, oh, somebody, another Red Wizard shows up. But then that just feels like a tacked on, like a rehash situation. Uh, the, the only thing I could think of to make it like do go bigger is you have to like you have to go bigger. Like you yeah. started, you started with like a semi-mortal. I, I'm saying semi-mortal because the Red Wizards are very seldomly actually mortal. But like you start with a se- semi-mortal entity group of uh, entity, and you have to go to gods now. No, I was literally gonna say it's like the only place they can go up because they fought a dragon. If they I fought think... a lich, now they have to punch God. If I mm-hmm. had to base the escalation, let's say they're they're planning three movies. The escalation mm-hmm. is lich wizard, mm-hmm. Strahd. <laughs> Like a Strahd level character, yeah. and then Vecna, like a demigod, and then you end the third movie with like a Vecna fight. Like that's the mm-hmm. only escalation that I can see in this setting. Like you can't just say that word around me without warning me. 
I would love Hell, to see if they could say get, his name. If they could get this kind of energy in a D&D movie and like kind of make it a little more tense with like a Curse of Strahd style story, I'm in the theater like instantly. It's like I, I don't I'd like a Curse of Strahd movie. I don't be like or I don't like horror movies, but I'd still watch a Curse of Strahd movie. You know, Same. because I think the thing was they would probably make it so Strahd is just a character in the movie. Like you're not just mm-hmm. he's not a force that they're dealing with. He's there. He's probably mocking them. He's probably having his own scenes elsewhere where he's just doing Strahd things. Dramatically like, playing the piano and drinking blood out of a wine goblin saying, like, I, oh, my God, I meant to send you all the TikTok. Someone to made make, a TikTok. You have to make him the main character. And then the Someone main characters would be the supporting cast, you know? Someone made a TikTok of 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 Bowser singing the Peaches, Peaches, <laughs> but it's but but it's struggling. <laughs> what's what's the lady's name? Like uh whatever the love interest name is Curse of Strahd, it's like what is her name? I'm not I'm looking for you. Matiova, <laughs> something like that. Uh, let's see. Tati, 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 Tatiana. There it is. I was like, I, I was like, it was there, and I kept thinking of like Zarina. I'm like, that's not a name, that's a title. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I saw that TikTok. It was on the floor. But yeah, if if this was the only movie we got from this group of characters, they did it like perfect. One mm-hmm. shot, wonder, nailed it. Got it. Uh, what upsets me is that. No matter the critical response to this movie, it again did not make enough money for them to instantly greenlight a sequel. In fact, this movie had a budget of $150 million and only made $2 million or $200 million. So it probably didn't even get its marketing money back. Well, so they were in they weren't in theaters for very long. They went to digital like that. Yeah. Uh, but the thing so is, they're they going to look at this and be like, for that. oh, it didn't make enough money. So now we don't know if we're going to instantly make a new movie or not. And I'm like, they're, they're you just do it. They're going to make an, it's like going to make another one. You just do it because everybody loved this movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the other thing I don't like is that, oh, this didn't hit the threshold we wanted. Now we're going to put it in, in on Netflix. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh. Not going through like the whole plot, but there were some points in this movie that I really did like. I really liked the gladiator fight scene. Mm-hmm. The creatures that they brought in from D&D in the live action, especially like the displacer they, beasts. Like, displacer beasts, yeah. They looked very good. I liked the Gelatinous Cube. I liked the cartoon characters being one of the teams, which <laughs> was great to see. Oh, see, things I didn't get. <laughs> that was the only real big uh, like cameo, though. I, because when we were waiting for this movie to come out, there were rumors that the critical role cast were going to be cameos in it. There were talks that like a bunch of famous DMs would have been like background characters or something like that. And mm-hmm. we didn't get any of that. The only thing we really got in terms of cameo is these are the characters from the cartoons, just as another one of the gladiator teams. I like that better than bringing in yes. like Matt Mercer or Brennan or something like that. I like that much better because that is a reference to something from D&D's past. Yes. Not uh, not its present. And like I love Matt Mercer, Brennan Lee Mulligan. I can name like six DMs that <laughs> off the top of my head that I'd love to see in the movie. But if they're just going to be like background characters, I'd rather them I'd rather them have like 
I'd rather them have a voice, like a voice acting a monster. I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. want them to be like a background cameo. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was just really cool seeing a bunch of these like D D characters though, or D D creatures in like a live action form, whether it be Doric's Owlbear form or this Displacer Beast. Uh I didn't really like how they did the Displacer Beast ability. Because normally it's just like, oh, this thing's kind of like weird and blurry, so you don't know where to hit. The mm-hmm. whole like projecting the other version of itself is kind of a weird take on it. They uh, probably had to do that in case people have like medical issues with that sort of like. I could see that being yeah. valid. Thing. I could see that being so valid. Probably for that. That's definitely an, an, ep- an epilepsy friendly version yeah. of that. That was so, a lawsuit that they didn't want to have to deal yeah. with. Yeah. We had uh, gelatinous cubes. We had mimics. We had mm-hmm. t- uh, two types of dragons. We had the fat red dragon, and then we actually had a black dragon, which mm-hmm. was really cool to see. It's like, oh, we're not doing a very like one hit dragon thing here there's multiple dragons in this universe so oh, i've i've played uh like six of them and that was really cool like it's the flashback sequence to that battle where you see the black dragon mm. like flying over everybody and then it leads <laughs> to the questioning scene with the corpse which i was losing my mind that Oh my god, that was incredible. That scene, for some reason, is the funniest scene in this movie for me. Because it's it's what happens at a D&D <laughs> table. Like, that mm-hmm. is exactly how Speak With Dead would go every fucking time. Mm-hmm. Where it's, it's like, just... does that count as a question? Yep. No, nope. <laughs> it's just back into... No. And, and they leave him alive at the end. They don't get the last question out, so this corpse is just sitting there. But, oh god, it's just... It doesn't last that long. It's just so funny, though, because it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, is that how we do it? Yes. Also, it's like, all right, dig up another body. And they just keep <laughs> going through this graveyard because he keeps fucking up his questioning. Mm-hmm. And they like, keep... I slipped and fell and died on the, like, getting out of the bath. They're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy who dies getting out of the bath, they keep finding the wrong body. Like, it's, I'm like, this feels so D&D, it's stupid. <laughs> Like, my when when I was like cautiously optimistic about this movie when it hadn't come out yet, uh, some of my Australian friends had seen like the the early release of it, and and they were like, oh yeah, the writers understood the assignment, and that was like the only review I needed. Yeah, they the people who wrote this movie understood how to make a D and D movie feel like a D and D movie while also not being annoyingly on the nose about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. what a lot of uh, movies fail at doing. I mean, I love the Mario movie. The Mario movie was great. But there were times where I'm like, okay. Because like, I know that they're just trying to make references or be obvious about that reference. And I'm like, I get it. It's a Mario movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's I think that's kind of my apprehension with making a sequel right away. I'm kind of glad that they're not immediately doing a sequel or making another one. Because I don't know if they can hit that balance again. It's no. a hard balance to get. This feels like. I don't want to say it'll be the only one, but unless the same people can do it and keep the same energy, this probably will be the most accurate D&D movie we get for a long time. Or at if least the only accurate D&D movie I get, I'll take it. Yeah, like if there's an accurate like this is the perfect blend of comedy, adventure, character development, you know, heart in it. Like, this is the perfect D&D movie. 
anything it was also else. Just a, full mov- a full movie in general. And it was just a great fucking movie. Like, if I knew nothing about D&D and I watched this, I'd be like, this was still good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's, a, it's still I'm... a good movie. I'm going to say something controversial, but brave. Okay. You always do. Um, <laughs> Braver than our I troops. Let's say... go. <laughs> don't say that they actually do hard things i sit and make hot takes on the internet like, Continue. um i would say i this is gonna be controversial to everyone mm-hmm. who knows me i like this more than i like legends of fox machina and i'm gonna say why one thing that i feel legend of vox machina has done because it's an animated thing is they've had to kind of go really gory and really crass mm-hmm. because they're like, we're an adult cartoon and like, sure, whatever. But that sort of takes it away from me, like yes. takes me sort of out of the experience a bit. Whereas with this, like, yeah, it's a D&D movie, but it didn't have to like sit there and be like, we're not just the, like, they didn't have to do something to alternative. Play. Or not even that, it's just, they were able to be like, yup, this is what we are. We're not going to make it, like, overly gory or, like, overly crass or, like, show Scanlan's fucking ball sack animated. Like, I could have lived my whole life <laughs> without I, seeing I will, the bottom of that man's balls. I will say, I will say, that is, that is actually, that's the energy Vox Machina had. So it makes sense yeah. for that oh, table no. in particular. I've literally watched their entire campaign, mm-hmm. like, more times than I care to admit. But if I could only partake in one piece of D&D media for the rest of my life, I'd rather get the movie. I'd rather watch this movie than Mm -hmm. Legends of Vox Machina because there's not this like neat, like Legends of Vox Machina is a pioneer because it had to like Mm -hmm. enter a market that didn't really exist yet. And this movie, obviously, like we saw commercial success for like a D&D related content and mainstream media so like this movie didn't have to do it as much but it didn't have like i just feel like this is more something where i can just like put on a blankie and have a cozy fun time Mm -hmm. versus in legends of vox mach and i have to be like oh right let me close my eyes for a moment and that's the thing uh, this like, like i said like and you like i'm not explaining this to you i'm explaining this to the audience it's like that's yeah. that's the table energy they have i think the dnd movie has a more average like this is this is like when we say your your mileage may might may vary at tables when tables want like a matthew mercer to dm them it's like this is this is a more accurate representation of what you will probably get at a table versus like the legends of Vox machina if you're looking for that to be your DD thing that was a DD game turned into a show not a show based on a DD game yeah yeah it's and... interesting that you bring up that like that was the energy at that table and i found that i've increasingly moved away from consuming critical role and i mm-hmm. think it's because 2016 2017 Haley was really just in it for the percy vex <laughs> romance subplot and just mm-hmm, percy mm-hmm. in general and now that i i can find D experiences that aren't just like and then you eviscerate this guy's head open for no reason other than it's badass and cool so i i i like that good. this movie wasn't overly violent this movie did <laughs> this movie have wasn't uh, overly gross this movie did it have moments, moments though like the whole flashback yeah. sequence to they where everybody becomes like zombified was legitimately horrifying for yeah, this but it setting wasn't, it, it wasn't, wasn't gory. like it was just it was tense as shit 
Like, yeah, it was well executed. It like, was a very it, well executed thing. It effectively communicated the like the gravity of the like if of this party fails, like this is what's gonna happen to this yes. community. Like I don't know if you all called it when I called it, but sure. um, I think it used like narrative storytelling where it like sh- like goes through like we're letting you build tension within yourself as we're giving you information and you're applying the con- like the implications of it in your head. Versus, like, and this is not just me, like, shitting on Legends of Vox Machina. I like it a lot. They tend to be like, oh, let's remind you that this is a, an adult cartoon by, like, ripping, like, having some guy's eyeball fly yeah. out. And then I have to, like, pause yeah. and go puke. Yeah, this one, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it didn't dawn on me at the time when they showed that flashback. But when I saw her in the Coliseum with all of the city there, I'm like, I see where this is going. <laughs> like, this oh, is... As soon as they showed me that flashback, I was like, oh, that's the game. Yeah, and I'm like, there's something afoot. Nothing in this movie didn't. Nothing in this movie didn't serve a purpose. If that makes sense, like everything in this movie had a purpose. Every scene had a purpose in it. Like everything about this movie, like just came together at the right time when it needed to. There was Mm -hmm. nothing. It's like, oh, but we're never going to use this thing that we found. It's like, oh, put that for later. Oh, we got this helm of disjunction, which we're going to open this door, and that's going to lead us to the next thing. And it's just like all this other stuff. And it's like everything had a purpose. Everything wrapped up smoothly. And I'm like, this is such just good storytelling. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we're never we're not questioning. What about this? You know, it's no Safina's dead. Forge is in jail. Those that's all wrapped up. Those are the things that we happen. We are questioning they... what about the tiefling not being gay. That's, I think, our big, like, I mean, that's, question, but... That's you're, us you're questioning brave. that. That's not, that's not the movie questioning the, that. That's not the plot. Like, that's not, like, narrative questions left unanswered. But... You're brave for questioning that, Haley, and I hope we get an answer soon. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm being honest, like, I know this is, like, a Wizard of the Coast movie. I, for one will never subscribe to the fact that tieflings have normal skin tones. Like, that's I, just wrong that and is, weird. To be fair, that is my gripe, too. I'm like, you could have made If she's her, a tiefling, just, why are you white? <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be... A, like they're, an ash, they're... it doesn't have to be like an ash colored skin. It doesn't have to be a red skin. Gosh, anxiety, lasagna. You can't just make ask her purple. why they're white. Make her blue. Like, just... There, there are... Um, there is a single tiefling variant that is flesh like human flesh colored boo uh, yes exactly boo, boo hiss, whatever, whatever. Tomato, so tomato. they had to pull the rare example because they were too cowardly to put a color no for sure or or maybe the person didn't want to do a lot of makeup we don't know yeah Sophia Luna strikes me as a person who wouldn't would want to sit in makeup for several hours just to just like putting the prosthetics on as is probably took a while yeah. um uh, just little things too, like the costumes in this movie were all superb. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole set, any of the practical settings, like the practical sets were great. Like the Underdark, yeah. most of that stuff they're on is practical, which is really cool. And just like the art direction of this movie blew me away. I love when they're in the Underdark and Zank is sitting there describing to them how they're going to cross the bridge and then Simon, Simon just shifts his <laughs> He steps on the stone and, and then breaks collapses. the... I was like, that is the most D&D <laughs> shit. Correct. But it's like, then you will take one step to the right. It's like, or you're... Just... I was like, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be the sorcerer. 
Usually that's like a barbarian or a rogue or a bard thing to do. High intelligence, uh, low charisma. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he's wild magic sorcerer, so charisma. Yeah, low high charisma, low intelligence. <laughs> I was like, I play a wild magic sorcerer. She's the most charismatic bitch around. Doesn't cannot does not know her ABCs. Specifically low wisdom, so can't no no passive perception. Mm-hmm. It's also oh, God, my life currently. Just thinking about like the characters again, like. Even Forge had a great like establishing character moment. You keep seeing these like these like flashback things of him where it's like, oh, we're about to be caught and he takes the thing and, you know, I'm going to take care of take care of your daughter and all that. And then you get to him and it's like, oh, I'm a scumbag and I'm telling you that I'm a scumbag. So I've been telling you this whole time. You just weren't listening. I will. I will say I did enjoy that we have a rogue that's not like an edgelord rogue like every like your like your thieves guild rogue he's a peacock rogue he's a rogue in the classic sense of like a a rogue like a roguish person versus the like batman rogue i love the nobleman rogue archetype it's my favorite it was such a good like betrayal of what you can do with characters Mm-hmm. like yeah people are like oh rogue i have to be sneaky i have to steal stuff and it's like or you could just be flamboyant and steal the kingdom <laughs> like or you could just be flamboyant and a dickhead he was flamboyant yeah. and he literally stole the city like he you is, stole a child he stole the child uh all these characters were memorable even it was so funny that it came back to jonathan at the end too where he tried to use him to escape but they had bricked in the window that had been broken on the previous attempt <laughs> and i'm like this bird just can't catch a break <laughs> like, i love jarnathan i want merch of jarnathan for some reason it's it's coming i'm sure for some reason the woman screaming jarnathan made me laugh both times <laughs> <laughs> jarnathan <laughs> like, me in the theater also screaming jarnathan <laughs> i want to know who did the uh, like practical I've, effects. I have not. Oh, I didn't look for that. I while you're looking that up, Sharky, I just want to give a moment to talk about how I liked the magic system that they used in there. Like they didn't go out of their way to be like, well, I'm casting this spell that does whatever. It they just did shit. And like you could see sometimes that there was like a verbal and somatic thing. You saw sometimes concentration. When um, the probably like major image, what major image or something with the the fake bard, um, mm. the wild magic was really cool. Um, I loved being able to just have moments of being like, wait a minute, I know that smell and getting really excited about it. Like the press of digitation where it was like, I can make the smell of fresh cut grass, which I'm choosing to believe is a critical role reference. It is. I think it's one of the cheekier ones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, I can make the smell of fresh cut grass. Like that's press digitation. Like towards the end, the lich bitch used finger of death. Um, just there were moments where I was like, I know that smell. I've used that smell. Uh, <laughs> and that was it. fun. I'm looking at it here. Uh, Justice Smith uh, commented that he worked with the choreographer to create unique gestures for each spell. Many of it actually incorporating sign language into the gestures. Yep, that's really cool. Um, I like the. Um, I, I like like watching the movie and then like just doing the soy jack point the whole time. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I, I went to, I went to see it with friends of mine, like my like local friends, and just every time something happened that we knew, I would like look at Kevin and just be like, 
<laughs> like, Gav, it's the thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the thing. We had a good crowd in my theater where people were like making jokes and aside, so it felt like you were at a D and D table because like a tense moment would be happening, then someone would crack a joke, and we're all laughing. We're like, "This is a D and D table. We're experiencing a D and D table together." Like the the movie is the game that we're playing, and then we're the chuckle fucks around the table, like sneaking almonds and being jackasses. So yeah. I'm looking at this right here. Uh, the film's influences specifically that he based it off of is Princess Bride, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Breaking Lord Crash. of the Rings. Oh, did I? I think we I think we lost Sharky. I think oh. we lost Sharky. There he is. Yeah, I could You've hear you guys. Frozen. I could hear you guys. So it was weird because I apparently wasn't broadcasting, but nope. you guys were. Nope. So that was a very one-sided disconnect. This is such a scuffed episode. Should we do Love an it. outro? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm starting to disconnect. Yeah, so. yeah. podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, look at this that. Is, this is exactly how this podcast. Yeah, Are you downloading great. something. No, I'm not downloading something. I just had randomly 14 disconnects today for no reason. So I see. That's fun. So yeah, we're probably going to call this early. We... So. Yeah, we're gonna we'll just make the ending really hella cursed and scuffed. We have like we have like three seconds of Sharky. Quick outro. The thing is, like everything recorded, still fine for me. Like I, I the thing is, like I wasn't broadcasting to you guys, but you were broadcasting uh -huh. still to me. So I was recording everything you were saying. <laughs> so oh, I love that. Oh my god, That's please even keep funnier. that in. But yeah, keep uh, it in. apparently it's I am. So I am funny. having a connection problem, so we're I'm probably gonna have to call this one short. Totally short. I think this is fully an hour. Uh, we're about on an hour, yeah. So yeah, that's our thoughts on the D and D movie. I mean, we probably could talk about it a lot more, but I really love this movie. Activity issues. And we're gonna so, call this before Sharky's computer blows up. So yeah. Anybody else have any final thoughts? Uh, go no. go watch it if you haven't yet. Uh, yes. Twenty bucks that's is probably funny. much cheaper than it is on the on the uh, at, at the movies. Yes, this was a fantastic movie. Even if you don't know D&D &D and you just want a good fantasy movie, this is a great fucking fantasy movie. Yeah. Uh, I agree with the inspirations, which I was reading off. Princess Bride, Monty Python, and the Holy Grail. It feels like it's a combo of those. Like, it mm -hmm. really does. It feels like it has the best parts of a bunch of different fantasy movies in it. And it's really Which is truly how you how D&D &D is, like, done in general. It's like, it's a, it's a reference of these things. It feels like an actual movie made with care and love, which is very mm. rare these days, especially when mm -hmm. a, with an official property like this. So a very rare treat. I'm glad we got it. Uh, my final thought is uh, one of the best things about this movie was the writing. So uh, I want to say that we support the writer strike. Yes. Pay yeah. your writers. <laughs> Pay your writers. I think I mentioned that earlier too. Just the writing, it it wasn't Marvel comedy with like Marvel quips. The quips actually mm -hmm. like felt in place instead of just being like tacked on to something. Mm -hmm. I don't know end what. The show. Yeah, we're gonna end the show. We gotta so. end the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, guys. We'll do a part two later, I guess. I guess we'll. I'm do not a... promising you that. No promises. Okay, bye. Okay. All right, guys. We'll see you all later. Thank everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Without Context Podcast. If you want more content, please follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at WC Network. 
You want updates on the show? Follow us on our Twitter at WC Pod Network. Additionally, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the Without Context Podcast.